0: Hello, this is Tom Cade, uh, I'm the Director of Communications for Washington Golf, and you're listening to POD for the Course. And uh, this year, 2022, is the centennial year, the 100-year history of Washington Golf, uh, it was founded in 1922 when the very first Washington State Amateur was held at a nine-hole layout in Yakima called the Yakima Country Club. Yes, at the time it was just nine holes. And uh, we're going to be doing several things during the year to celebrate the centennial uh, for the association. And one of the things we did was write a book. We wrote a 100-year history book. And uh, we did uh, uh, connect with uh, Dan Raley as the author of the book. And we have with us today Dan Raley himself. And uh, Dan is a uh, former longtime sports writer for the Seattle Post Intelligencer as well as many other uh, publications, such as the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Fairbanks uh, Daily News Minor, and uh, currently is a uh, website content creator for Sports Illustrated and uh, focuses on the University of Washington sports, uh, including golf, as well as other sports as well, such as the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks. Dan Raley, thanks so much for coming on board with us today.
1: My pleasure, Tom. Good. It's good to hear your voice.
0: Yeah, good. So uh Dan, we uh at some point along this particular journey of writing this book or, or publishing this book or even having the idea for this book was at some point uh you were contacted by Washington Golf uh as uh, to offer the suggestion of writing this particular book. And uh, can you explain how that all came about or who contacted you and and go from there?
1: Yeah, well, I I, um, have a little bit of background of writing some golf books in the area. And the organization, uh, Troy Andrew and yourself, uh, reached out to me uh, and asked me if I'd be interested. Uh, I I actually am doing about five books that entail golf centennials in the seattle Tacoma area. And um the trick to this one was it came up uh right before the pandemic. So I had to scramble to uh research it in, in different ways uh facing uh, you know a world crisis. So but we got it done. Mm-hmm.
0: Um for your overall work on the book, uh how long did it take? I mean, it's uh, it's 160 pages. And I believe there are 11 chapters to the book as well as, you know, some appendices and uh, sidebars and all of that. Uh, how long does a does a process like this take and, and where do you start and what were some of the hurdles once you started? Yeah,
1: well, um, it takes probably a year, um, a good solid year. And, and part of that year is researching. And then the other part of the year is writing. And um, so I ran into – issues with the pandemic. Cause I couldn't meet anybody in person. Um, the only person I, I met, um, was uh, the son of Charles Draper, who was, uh, an executive director. And I met him at the height of the pandemic in a parking lot in Factoria, um, near Bellevue. And he handed, handed seven boxes of, uh, Washington golf association records and other mementos to me. And, uh, I just kind of remember that as one of the one of the few people I met during the height of the pandemic. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I handed all those boxes to you during the height of the pandemic as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. We actually met in some sort of Rite Aid parking lot there in the East Gate area, uh, east of Bellevue. <laughs> um, yeah. So you mentioned uh, Charles Draper, Jr., uh, who you uh, met with to talk about this. Who are some of the other uh, people that you talked to and interviewed for for the book.
1: Yeah, so some of my most memorable interviews were of course Charles Draper senior who was mid 90s and living in uh, San Clemente halfway between San Diego and Los Angeles and I had him on a speaker phone with I think uh, a number of his daughters around him and we we chatted for, you know, close to an hour. Uh, a real memorable conversation I had was with Fred Couples, and Fred was very passionate about the Washington Golf Association. He won the tournament uh, back in the uh, mm-hmm. um, the heyday of his college days, and and I I interviewed him while he was driving from Palm Springs to Los Angeles. And Fred would go, I'm coming up on a hill. I might lose you. I might lose the mm-hmm. you know, the, the phone signal. So it was kind of interesting. It was kind of fun. And here I have, you know, Fred Couples driving his car. And he did, you know, there's a long, long time in his life he did not drive a car. But he was mm-hmm. driving uh, the uh, highway from Palm Springs to Los Angeles. And then I talked to Joel Dahman, another winner of the event, a former University of Washington player and now a PGA Tour player. And I caught him, I think, in a Chicago hotel room, him and his wife. And he talked to me for, you know, a good half hour to close to an hour, I imagine. And he was funny. And he was passionate, too, about his his uh, roots uh, in, in Washington golf. So that was kind of fun. And then there were a number of other people. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't even remember the names, but I found a, a guy that was um, – Uh, a golf pro I think in Montana that had uh, competed in the event and he was, he didn't win it, but um, he'd been like the first real outsider to come in and and challenge for the, you know, the title. And, um, and, and then, you know, I just uh, emailed and talked to a a bunch of guys that uh, won the event, uh, you know, from anywhere from Portland to somewhere in, in the, in the state of Washington. I remember calling Casey Anderson, four or five times we were trying to find some records that I I couldn't go to the library to get. And I was hoping he had a scrapbook or something and he lives on the Idaho border. So there's a little bit of a challenge to it, but you know, that's what makes it fun.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the Washington state amateur was really the only thing that the Washington state golf association did for many years. Again, it started in 1922 and, uh, Really, it was until 1992 uh, that's that's all they did was one run one tournament. One ran the annual Washington State Amateur. So uh, the history of the WSGA really for the first almost 70 years uh, was just the uh, one tournament. That's all they did. So lots of personal history, lots of personal um, tournament history really is, is what the history of the association was about. And you mentioned uh, Fred Couples, he won it in 1978. Joel Damon, he ran it, won it in ni- uh, actually 2007, I believe. And uh, you mentioned Charles Draper Sr. He was, uh, just some background on him, he was the uh, uh, kind of a golf, I call him a golf savant a little bit. He really took, control or took charge of of, uh, organizing everything about the wsj in the early year well not early years but in the 50s 60s and 70s and 80s really um when he became the first uh uh, executive director of the association so uh lots of that stuff kind of going on and uh for uh like the, the the state amateur was held and uh only was the only tournament on the schedule until 1987, and actually that was when the Washington State Senior Amateur began, and that was a Charles Baker Senior uh, creation. Was that right?
1: Yes, it, it certainly was. It, he, it was kind of his, his age group at that time, and and uh, he felt there was a need
0: for it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Women's State Amateur began in 1994. Did you talk to him of the, the uh, initial winners of the The women's amateur?
1: I did. I did. And, uh, again, that was a little bit
0: difficult
1: um, because of the pandemic. I, you know, I couldn't meet anybody in person. But um, I remember – and I'm I'm short of names here because it's been more than a year since I gave this to you. But I I did talk to the original winner for sure. And then um, I talked to Paige McKenzie. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paige and, uh, McKenzie. I think she won the women's amateur in two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand two, and uh, now yeah. of course she, she she went on to the LPGA tour and uh, now is in the in the TV booth for a Golf Channel as a as an analyst. Yeah. Um, what were some What were some of the uh, sort of interesting factoids? I've got a little list here myself, but anything that you remember in particular that you, you during your research you thought, yeah, I didn't know that. That's something new.
1: Well, yeah, the, the the one big one was Gene Littler, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer, showed up kind of unannounced and arrived in Bellingham for the state o- amateur and and uh, played, got eliminated in the first round, and then turns out uh, the the golf writers caught on to him and found out he was uh, given some kind of uh, membership at Broadmoor and was playing out of Broadmoor and. Uh, he then played in the Seattle City uh, Amateur and lost in the first round. And and he was, uh, you know, a young. I think he was 19, 20 years old. I, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. But he uh, showed up here, and I think he, he intended to go to the University of Washington. But he stuck around for just about four or five months. The mm-hmm. weather changed. And this is a man from San Diego. And he realized his golf game wasn't going to go very far in this weather during the winter, and um, so he left town and actually went and joined the Navy and didn't mm-hmm. play golf uh, competitively for three or four years, but we had him in Seattle for four or five months, and all the sports yeah. writers got excited because he was uh, known as a national player as a, you know, a teenager, and uh-huh. um, he he was, you know, we could call him one of our own if he yeah. stayed in the city.
0: Yeah, that was uh, the year 1950 that he, he played in the state amateur, and in 1953, so three years later, he won the U.S. Amateur, and then in 1961, yeah. he won the U.S. Open. You know, was well on his way to a world golf Hall of Fame career, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I felt bad. I he would have been somebody I would have loved to
1: talk to, but he had just passed away. Um, maybe six or nine months before I started work and agreed to do this book. So I just mm-hmm. missed a chance to, say, call him up and say, talk to me about your time in Seattle and hanging out at Broadmoor and playing in the state amateur. So. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I've been good. Uh, the other one of the celebrities, so to speak, uh, played in the state amateur was Ben Crosby, uh, played in the 1955
1: Washington state amateur. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spokane you- native. So he mm-hmm. uh, made sure... Um, you know, to, to combine his roots, his his growing up roots, with his favorite sport. And, um, yeah, I remember reading about him, and it was exciting for people. that You know, he was going to come out and, and join them uh, in, in the competition.
0: Yeah, he was uh, – I think he got down to about a two handicap. So golf was definitely a, a favorite of his. And I, the other t- little tidbit I found out was about him was that he started in the game as a caddy in 1916 – at the Down River Golf Course in Spokane. <laughs> so oh. There you go. Wow.
1: Well, I think he passed away on a golf course, if I remember right.
0: So. You are correct. Yeah, he just finished playing 18 yeah. holes uh, and made some sort of uh, nice comment to the crowd and uh, fell over of a heart attack there on the, <laughs> yeah. just walking off the 18th green. So, not a bad yeah. way to go. Um,
1: one of the that other things that
0: I thought that yet you figured out. Uh, during your research, and I thought this was really interesting, was that the Washington State Amateur was the really the only uh, championship of any kind that uh, played continuously through World War II. And uh, we, we didn't know that in the Washington Golf Office. We didn't even know that. We, even on our website, uh, we had it listed as during the war years of the early 40s that there was no tournament held. 'cause of the war. Uh how did you go about figuring that out?
1: Well, one of the things when I do these centennial books is I get online and from my home and I go back through a hundred years and and um with the Washington Golf Association I looked at every single tournament and looked at every single year and you know I punch in the names, you know, Washington Golf Association and and, and state amateur was a key um couple of words and and i was surprised when it popped up because i saw your list and it said it was um you know discontinued or on hiatus and and all of a sudden i'm finding you know all the way up into the 70s 80s when we didn't have pro sports like we do now events like the washington golf association got a lot of play you know they got sports writers assigned to the events and they wrote big stories. And so I ran in during the war. I ran into these big stories on the state amateur when I didn't expect them. And there was some explanation, you know, that um, that uh, these events were, were going to continue and they were going to change the format from match play to stroke play. But, and, and one of the reasons, having done a lot of history, like I, I wrote a, a book on the Seattle Rainiers baseball team is, they they wanted some sports to continue such as this golf event and and baseball in general to keep the people who were home preoccupied from the war and and give them an outlet of some kind kind of like this pandemic in a way um golf has taken off because of the pandemic because it's a safe place to go and play well um some of the events couldn't continue on like the masters and the US open uh they they they're, those are based on You know, fan count and and, and national interest and the the top golfers were in the war. But locally here, we had a lot of guys building um, military airplanes and and ships across in the Bremerton shipyard. And these guys needed some kind of uh, outlet, some kind of recreation. And so they left the Washington Golf Association alone and let it continue. They changed the format because actually the, the fields were so huge because there weren't any other golf events to play. So, um, in order to get all these unlimited number of players through the competition, they turned it into a stroke event rather than a match play, or else they would have been playing all summer. So.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing actually about this converted it to stroke play because I had heard that they could because of war restrictions, uh, golf they couldn't play golf during the week; it had to be played on the weekend. Is that right? Saturday, Sunday?
1: Yeah, I think that changed, uh, but at the height of the war, I think. They were limited, and, you know, because they were busy building, like I said, sure. cranking out number of airplanes down the street in the Duwamish area at Boeing. They were building, you know, the bombers and, and doing it at a high rate. And uh, so, yeah, there was a limitation. Like uh, one of the events ended up in a tie. They couldn't play mm-hmm. for seven days until the following weekend, or six more days went by before they went into, you know, some kind of extra play to decide the event.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just, for me personally, I, I just thought that was a, one of the most interesting uh, tidbits that you figured out was that, uh, it was played continuously. Um, just, uh, jumping forward here a little bit in the years. Uh, one of the people you interviewed was John Bodenhammer and Bodenhammer was the, uh, executive director and CEO of Washington golf for 21 years from 1990 till 2011. And uh, now he is the uh, manager of uh, championships for the USGA, and uh, I would imagine he—that was a sort of an interesting interview for you to talk to him for the book.
1: It certainly was, and um, we we reminisced a little bit. Uh, I met him when I was initially the golf writer for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, and it was in the '80s, and he was uh, just a kid. <laughs> And he, and I was going to go meet him somewhere, and he goes, "No, oh, I want to come up and see your newspaper there on the waterfront. So John came up from Tacoma and spent some time with me in my office. I showed him around, and uh, I just remember I kidded him about it. One of the reasons he came into Seattle was not just to see me, but he had a bunch of baseball cards that he'd collected, and he was going to sell them to get the money mm-hmm. to help promote his golf and college uh, ambitions, and uh, so – I caught him when he was just a kid and now he's mm-hmm. this, you know, um yeah. well-to-do uh man that's that's really done well for himself nationally in golf as far as being a golf administrator for the USGA.
0: Yeah. Uh he uh Bodenhammer actually won the Washington State Amateur in 1981 and now the perpetual trophy for that championship is named the John M Bodenhammer Trophy, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Some of the folks you spoke with was uh, Troy Andrew, who is now uh, the uh, John Bodenhammer's replacement as the CEO and Executive Director of Washington Golf. And Troy is still on staff here uh, performing those duties.
1: Yeah, I also met him when he was at the outset of his golf administration career. I just remember him as as being really young. And and, um, I guess I've been always old. (laughs) Um, No, I just... (laughs) I, I'm kind of a historian and, and I just have all these visions of seeing people progress and, and age and, and in the sporting world in Seattle and, and Troy and John Bonham are, are good examples of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, f- uh, features that you used to do was uh, again, where are they now? Uh, it's about, uh, you know, catching up with uh, uh, athletes from the uh, region who uh uh, what are they doing now once the lights have dimmed from their uh athletic careers and uh i think this is one of the reasons that uh we became interested in you for writing this book it was because of your 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 interest and uh, uh i don't know passion for finding out where these people are and what are they doing now and i, I always thought that was a very good article are there other golfers, uh, such as the Fred Couples of the world, uh, who, who you've reached out to uh, for these uh, for these items? Like, I, I actually, one of the ones I remember was uh, Ruth Jessen. You spoke to her once.
1: I did. That was incredible. I, uh, I I spoke with her not long before she passed away, and I remember meeting her in a in a restaurant in North Seattle while she was visiting her relatives because she lived down in. Um, you know, in, in the Sun Country, in, um I'm trying to think, I think she lived in Arizona, if I remember right. But we sat and just talked about her heyday, um, you know, out on the tour and, and her Seattle background, and, and she was just really pleasant, and, you know, I enjoyed the heck out of her. I, you know, I got a chance to meet almost all of the great Seattle golf figures of, at one point, of men and women. And um, I can tell you, you know, all the different you know, connections like sitting in the master's locker room talking to Fred Couples and and um so yeah it's I've had an interesting avenue mm-hmm. of, of employment.
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm. so uh, you speak about uh talking with couples in the master's uh locker room there. Did he does he remember you like when you called him to talk about this book? D- does he remember you from the Seattle area? He must. He's a he himself is a big sports fan anyway.
1: That would be true um he and i we probably clashed a little bit early on in his career because he was very temperamental when he became famous. he didn't quite know how to handle it, and I was the local guy hounding him <laughs> and, and
0: um <laughs> you know
1: we i i I just wrote it that it was difficult for him and and um but we uh you know we got to a good point where he, he, um, uh, remembered me for, for liking me, <laughs> liking what I wrote and yeah, being a big sports fan, uh, that mm-hmm. he is. And I have this, you know, undying love for sports and, and history, especially in my hometown of Seattle. So yeah, Fred, mm-hmm. Fred knew who I was, um, you mm-hmm. know, cause I, I met him right when he was early eighties on the tour and, um and then I would run into him every time I'd go to the U S open or the masters. And, and, um, and, and he finally, he sat me down to, he says, I want to do a story about this. What, you know, what's been my issue. Uh, I don't want people back home thinking I'm a prima Donna out here on the PGA tour, but he goes, I just had trouble becoming famous. So all of a sudden I'm out there playing and nobody knows me. And then all of a sudden everybody knows me. And, you know, I'd play with Greg Norman and nobody care about me. And, and mm-hmm. they'd all be looking at Greg Norman and then all of a sudden I became Greg Norman for a while and and it was, mm-hmm. it was really hard for him to to um you know be this uh person that was really popular and everybody wanted to touch him and and root mm-hmm. for him and cheer for him and uh but uh, he got used to it. So.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll keep speaking again with Dan Rayley, and Dan is the author of the uh History Centennial History Book for Washington Golf, which is called Washington Golf: 100 Years of Growing the Game, and the book is uh, will be out shortly, and it will be available for sale online on the Washington Golf website, which is waGolf.org. And uh, Dan, uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time today to talk about this, and it's been great working with you over the past uh, year and a half plus. Uh, and putting this book together, uh, your work, uh, has been, uh, great to, to be involved with all, what we're trying to do for the celebration. And, uh, I think also, uh, your history with, uh, uh, writing books for, uh, other history club or other clubs, uh, in the, in the area, their history books has been, uh, really something to, to look forward as well. Uh, I know you did the history book for the Englewood golf club and, uh, I believe, the Broadmoor Golf Club, which will be coming up, and others as well, as you mentioned earlier. Again, Dan Raley, thanks so much for coming on board today.
1: Well, great talking to you, Tom, and always, always good working with you, too.
0: Okay. We'll see you down the road, Dan.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye.